You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 042. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 42. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, everybody. Amy here. Welcome to the Joy Junkie Show podcast where we are always discussing life and love. And today we actually have a really awesome love topic for you. We're going to talk about kind of the issue of dealing with uh, past relationship issues and mistakes and things that have happened and how we kind of accumulate guilt surrounding that and how the hell do we deal with that. So if you've, if you've been a listener to the show for a while, you know that I'm usually accompanied by my gorgeous husband and soulmate, but he's, he's uh, taken a little time off, so I've been having guesties on the show, and which of course is amazing when you're a life coach. All your best friends are life coaches, so it's, <laughs> so it's pretty, pretty awesome. So today I have um, a really beautiful spirit with me, and I'm so excited just selfishly to be able to hang out with you, uh, and, and also because she has actually been my coach before, so... Uh, welcome, Cherie Healy, to the Joy Junkie Show. Oh, gosh. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yay. And you have such a sexy voice. I love. I was thinking about that when I jumped on. I was thinking, oh, yeah, Cherie's got, <laughs> Cherie's got that sexy voice. This is going to be so good. <laughs> so um, so let me tell you guys a little bit about Cherie, and then um, we'll give you a little background on on how we, we met and stuff. So... Cherie is a master obstacle remover and game changer who frees people to get what they want by providing the tools needed to navigate this crazy world without fear or restraint. She works with hungry people who know there is more out there, crave change, are looking for the next step in life and career, and realize that they just cannot get there on their own and aren't afraid to ask for help. She's an advisor, a coach, a mentor to big ideal people big idea people, overachievers, rule breakers, stressed out entrepreneurs, uh, hello, uh, C-level <laughs> executives and leaders who want to make the world better. So obviously she's perfect for to hang out with us. So yay, I'm so excited to have you. Oh, thank you. It has just been such a crazy, wonderful journey knowing you. I think you should tell everybody about how we met. Okay, yes. We... Um, we met at uh, an author's conference that we went to, and Cherie got up. There was something, some sort of Q&A, and it's like, there's hundreds of us there. And I remember you stood up, and you had the microphone, and you were saying, you know, everybody had to do, like, their little elevator speech kind of thing and say who they are and where, you know. And so she's like, oh, you know, I'm a life coach. And when, I can't remember what you said, but I was like, Ugh! Oh my God, I love her. We should be best friends. And so, and as I've told everybody, <laughs> everyone who knows me knows that if I, if I see somebody who I feel very, uh, 
convicted that they should be a part of my life, I just go tell them. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think I came up to you. You and, did. And uh, I don't even remember what I said, but I'm like, I think I really need to know you. I think. <laughs> yeah. You told me that you loved me. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. And then we had to know each other and we dropped into this super, uh, just automatically real yes. talk. Like we could be ourselves from moment one. And then the best part you guys was like later on in the conference, after we had had this Insta love fest, I get a text cause we had already <laughs> shared phone numbers and she texts me, let's be best friends. Without yeah. all creepy. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I think like, would it be wrong if we just talked every day? Right. Right. I'm not a stalker. I'm not, it's not like a single white female situation. <laughs> yeah. I think I wrote in, in parentheses, like no creep factor or something like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Mr. Smith is always telling me like, okay, you need to just take it leave those poor people alone because I you know there's all these people who I'm like oh, you I should know you you know oh my so. god what my life would have been if you had left me alone mm -mm. oh call sweet. baby oh that's sweet and then and so then fast forward I don't know how long I mean we did a mastermind together for a little bit and then and then we did a coach trade yeah which I'm so I still do that to this day. I've, I I feel very strongly about if you're a coach to constantly be coached yourself. And and we're usually the most nightmare clients, which I know I am. <laughs> but uh, I really attribute all the stuff that I do with theater now. You know, I'm always telling the audience and stuff how – or our listeners, rather, that, you know, all about my – theater adventures and all the shit I get myself into with that. And that really came out of a coaching session with you and, you know, where I was really not honoring my creative self, my, my value around human connection, around getting out of the house. And, and that was, it came out of that. And so I really am grateful to you for that. Like, I, I don't know if I've expressed that to you enough, but thank you. Uh Thanks, love. No, it's been a mutual, amazing ride because you did so much for me, too, to keep me in alignment, you know? Not, we need that for ourselves. I think everybody should have a coach, really, but to have somebody hold the mirror for you right. and show you what you're made of and remind you what's inside, and um, it's just a gift. It's a gift everybody should have. It's true. It's and what's what's interesting is like as you evolve as a coach and as you you know evolve in self help and self growth, your your demons and your struggles are also evolved. So mm -hmm. it's it it was really imperative that you have somebody else who can look at you and go, uh, uh, I call bullshit, you know. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, who's as smart as your is your demons and negative self-talk and all of that stuff. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to share you with the audience and everything. And, um, this is actually, this topic for today came out of a recommendation from a listener actually. So if you guys didn't know that we have a, a page on my website at thejoyjunkie.com where you can just click on the podcast and you can actually submit ideas that you have for the show or if you want to be a caller, um, but we've used 
those suggestions repeatedly over and over again. So this was actually something that came from a listener who had a situation where she carried a lot of guilt from uh, ending a marriage and she saw a lot of the damage now uh, where her children are affected, her ex is affected, and she kind of came to this realization so many years later. And she's very, very sure that she made the right choice in leaving the marriage. That's not a question at all. But she's trying to deal with the guilt of the aftermath. So we wanted to kind of talk about that. But then there's so many people, I think, who really carry guilt uh, um, and all sorts of uh, baggage and, and hurt into or it, they never relinquish it or let go of it from from the past and then it kind of carries into the rest of their relationships and even non-intimate relationships so I would love to get your take on this so let's let's talk about you know what are some of the ways you see in your practice where people really guilt themselves for some of their past relationship choices Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one of the many reasons people come to coaching because, you know, what I say, what I mean, like I free people, it's it's really to clear the path, to clear, you know, what stands in the way of you and the life that you want or that ultimate freedom of being, you know, it's so important to me. So guilt is one of those things we carry around like a big fucking bag on our shoulders yeah, yeah. or behind us that we're dragging around that has us feel so small and unworthy and just plain bad. And it affects everything. You know, it affects how you show up in all of your relationships. It affects how you do business. It it gets in your head and, and people can feel it. So I see it manifest like, um, you know, we're all familiar with the beatdown. People beat themselves up over and over and over again saying, I should have known better. You know, how did I not see the signs? Or mm -hmm. gosh, I knew what this would do to my kids. You know, there are all those negative um, messages that come in our heads that that then cause us to shut down. Usually people will then shut down and become very guarded and um, either not get into relationships or be less receptive in future relationships, you know, because they uh, they still feel bad and they don't want to feel bad anymore. Um, they'll rehash and replay all the moments that they, you know, wish they had said something different. You know, did I really give it everything? Did I try um, trying to make sense of of why the relationship ended or why they chose that person. Right. You know, they go into a blaming game, which is another attempt to just make sense of it all. Like first blame the other person, you know, because that mm -hmm. kind of releases the feeling of bad for a short time, then blame yourself and then go back to blaming the other person. And it's a horrible cycle. And I think with all that, uh, it can also have people try to numb that, to try to quiet that inner chatter and all that blaming. And so they'll try to fill up or, you know, paste over the guilt with mm -hmm. lots of junky food and alcohol and maybe sex with other people or TV, like anything to distract from that guilt. Absolutely. You know, um, couple other things I think too, people get hopeless and they start to say like, maybe that person that's just right for me doesn't exist. Maybe there is no great yes. man or a good guy that's out there. And so they'll start to settle if, 
if they'll even get back in a relationship, then they'll settle for somebody else and say, you know, maybe this person will be good for me or maybe I can't have all that. And, um, you know, one last thing I think is then we'll make generalizations. We'll, we'll just ceremoniously say, okay, all men are jerks or all women are work and, you know, make, a a big generalization about the opposite sex based on that one experience, which can also really stand in our way of what we want. Right. And that's so finite. That's so finite. Like, you know, line in the sand, this isn't possible. You know, you know, soulmates don't exist. Like you take this one experience and make it mean, you make it mean something monolithic, you know, that will affect the rest of your life. Yeah, like I've got a client, a 29-year-old guy who's just brilliant and has so much to give. And I think because he had chosen to be with a woman who was pretty emotionally unavailable, um, you know, for all these very valid reasons, she was just going through a period of time in her life where she didn't have a lot to give. He felt like he did all the giving and she did all the taking and it was a lot of work and he came out of it absolutely exhausted and, you know, refuses to open up to another relationship of course that was six months of work and now of course he's dating and he's you know wide open again but we had to really work with that meaning to say is that really really what you want to hold on to right yeah it's so interesting because a lot of the stuff that you highlighted are the exact same things that I wrote down um the replaying of the events you know that is that is really uh, something that locks us into the suffering, you know, and it's almost like an attachment to the suffering. So, you know, like in the situation of this, this listener or even your client, it is once you've decided that, you know, I must harbor this guilt, you will start gathering things to support that, which oftentimes is replaying. You know, yeah. replaying the scenario, beating yourself up, looking at that, um, th- looking at the, all those situations, like, oh, I should have known, I should have known, I should have known. And it's this vortex. You know, we, we've talked about, a lot about it on the show, actually, how nobody is saying that you have to be locked into that, but we attach to it. And yeah. we go, okay. And usually it's because it's the beginning of the sorrow. You know, like when you first go through the loss of the relationship, you feel like shit. Right. You know, and but we rarely look at like, okay, now what do I need to do to foster my healing? Now, what do I need to do to create this new life? We actually look at we usually go regressive and go, how did I get myself into this mess and what can I do to cause more suffering and beat myself up? And so it's a come from it's where your your stance about it. And a lot of people, I think the pattern you can tell me if you see this, too, is that. They never get past that guilt place. But then because we're human, we still do crave relationships and sex and intimacy and things like that. So we'll still go out and start dating or looking for new relationships. But because we haven't surmounted this guilt or all this residual damage, we just carry it right on into the next relationship and create the same shit over and over and over again and do the same patterns. Yeah, it's so true. And I think what if we could boil it down to one of the reasons we do that is it's our mind's duty to think and doubt. 
that, I mean, it's literally like we've got this beautiful computer that's just always there trying to process and understand things. And lots of times we can't understand, like when, especially when we say until death do us part, mm-hmm. how come it didn't work? You know, so the brain just naturally gets attached to trying to solve that problem. You know, and we'll talk about it when we get there with some of these ways that we can release the guilt. I think there's there's a very necessary step that we have to take to get down into the heart and get down into truth and get out of the head, you know, to to stop that horrible vortex, that cycle from carrying into the next relationship to truly make sense of it at a very high level so that we can close that chapter and move on. Right. Right. And what I think a lot of people don't quite get is that we can choose that path. Like we can choose what we do with our, that vortex. We can go down that path or this path. So, so yeah. So let's look at that. What are, so if, if, if we're talking about this situation where, you know, somebody is listening and they're going, dude, yeah, I have so much guilt from some poor relationship choices in the past. What do you think are some of the things that they can do to like let go of that guilt and start moving to a place of personal power? Okay, good question. I've got some steps that I just think, you know, people could kind of jot down as kind of a pathway to get back to your personal power, to get back to a sense of your highest self. Um, Because, you know, just from personal experience, I... I have gone through this just last year, even uh, with a really, really difficult relationship that, you know, Amy and I were actually coaching on because Mm -hmm. I couldn't extricate. I couldn't get myself out of it, you know, and um, so not only because my own experience with this, but watching all of my clients and the patterns that we've talked about today, this this sort of step by step process will return you to yourself. I mean, it, it does work. I, God, man, was like asking Amy at the time, isn't, doesn't anybody have anything on this um, yeah. unbelievable pain? You know, like, how do we get out of this? And of course, it's once you get perspective and once you get out of it, you can see how you did it. So I'm going to step you guys through what I did and what has worked for so many clients. Um, and we'll see how it works for you guys. I'd love to hear. Awesome. Because um, you get listeners giving you feedback after the podcast, right? We do because we're we're on a lot of different platforms. So uh, the best way to to let us hear about it is on the actual bl- uh, podcast page on the website. But okay. but sometimes it comes through different platforms. So okay. All right. So first step is is. You've got to understand what part of you wanted to be in that relationship. And what I mean by that is we're made up of lots of different personalities. You know, sometimes when I do this work with people, they're like, oh, my God, I have multiple personality disorder. <laughs> no, we have lots of different sides to us. And sometimes a particular side of us will choose a person for really good reasons. So I'll give you a really solid example that I had chosen this guy who just allowed me to be kind of this really free wild child version of myself, that this part of me that just craved fun and like breaking the rules and, 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 you know, being really free was, was what he gave to me. And you can imagine, I mean, it's classic bad boy, right? That there, if that's not, um, channeled, you know, that there could also 
there there could be trouble that comes with that there could be the dark side of that but the nature of this relationship was on the darker side and it was so fun right right and and amy knows this well because she heard a lot about it so that part of me that craved this relationship that needed that i mean there were several parts of me that were satisfied but that part in particular really needed this guy and he wasn't healthy for me. He wasn't solid. He he wasn't something that some guy that I could really rely on. So there were a lot of hardships and pain that came from that. But when I started to realize, okay, wait a second, I'm not some kind of bad person. I I know I know better, and I shouldn't be with this guy. But but there was a very real part of me that needed what he had, and needed what he brought out in me. And so when you identify that part, you can really really have this cool experience of connecting in with that and at the time I called her sort of my wild child and I if you if you want to do this with me for a minute kind of think about the last time that you had a relationship that you think wasn't your best choice or it didn't work out and you have the guilt about it you tune into that and think about all right what part of me really had a hard time letting go of that well, part of me really was so happy in that relationship, even though I know it wasn't in my best interest or in my highest interest to be with that person. And tune in, see if you can get even a picture of that part of you or understand, maybe feel where that part of you lives. Like maybe when you saw that person that you were so attached to and so connected to, what part of your body got excited? You know, where did you feel it? And for me, when I got to know that part of me, I realized I hadn't been talking to her very much. You know, I'm a, I'm a mom, I'm a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur, I work with people all day long, I'm super in my responsible highest self. And the wild child didn't get to come out very often. Yeah. Right? And I didn't get to go to the dark side very often. And we are all a combination of light and dark, masculine, feminine. We got to integrate all those parts. And so in my healing, I came to terms with this side of me that I was like, man, I miss her. You know, I've not been having a lot of fun. I'm not bringing her into my coaching every day. You know, I don't really let myself completely go, you know, in the ways that I could with him. So since he's not here anymore, and I know he caused me a lot of hurt, and, and it was hard to be with him for so many reasons, it was not the right relationship, how can I bring that wild child part of me into my day-to-day -day life? How can I give her what she needs? Wow. And you know what was wild is she came into my days and, you know, really amped up the fun and the the truth and the direct honesty in my coaching right oh you wow know? it was huge and so for me to really identify that i had let her go means i got to bring her back in and become a more integrated woman you know and find out ways that i could love her and not be at odds with her yes oh my god i love that because it's if you can look back, because, you know, what you said at the very beginning um, when we were talking about some of the pitfalls people fall into, because we, we go back and go, how could I have done that? How could I have been okay with that? Why didn't I see this? Sign? You know, all this stuff that we guilt ourselves around. And I think it is so poignant to look at there was a, something I was needing. There was something I was desiring. I was hungry for that I went after. And I think... 
a, a caveat for everybody is, you know, your example, Sheree, is really valiant. As you know, it's really noble. It's like, okay, you know, I have a wild child inside of me, and yes, ooh, I need to honor her. But there's going to be people out there who they valued stability. So they got married to somebody who they knew financially they were going to be chill. Or they got married because of uh, they had a baby together. So same exact analogy, though, applies. Like if you look back and go, what was it that I was craving? To me at that time, stability was paramount. I was taking care of the piece of me that valued concrete ground beneath me or that valued family or my notion of family at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I have a client whose same kind of idea had been maybe more in the wild love affairs realm and having all of that you know, those sides of him being met. And then he decided to marry a girl that would be good for him. Quote, unquote, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stable, <laughs> teach me to be mature, help me grow up, right? Yes. Didn't work out because it was only one part of him that would get what he needed. And, and doing this identity work around your parts is so valuable because if you get to know the different sides, ideally you're with somebody who can really feed all those sides that you're with somebody who can give you the stability but also go have a wild fun time you know who can feed your intellectual side who can also just be super silly with you you know once you know what you're made of then you can choose the right partner yes yes and that's where the compassion piece comes in because where the fuck does somebody say, okay, why don't we just go ahead and decide what are all the components that make up your identity? Okay. <laughs> you know, and like, okay, go ahead and bullet point them. Now go out and attract a spouse that doesn't, you know, like it, we don't, nobody learns that. Like thank no. God coaching has become like on the forefront of, you know, pop, pop culture now because people are realizing the importance and in digging into self growth and development. But most likely during that failed scenario or that really painful past mistake or whatever you're labeling it as, you didn't have the awareness to go, oh, wow, I'm really selling this wild child piece of me. I'm selling her out right now. Or I am, I'm committed to only stability or I'm com- committed only to the values that I think my parents wanted me to do. We don't have the awareness around that, no. you know? So, I- so this is the time to go, oh my God, honey, to yourself, to cloak it in compassion and kindness and go, I am so sorry. I am so sorry I beat you up for the shit that you didn't know then. Yeah. I mean, it's like this never ending journey that we're on of self-awareness. You know, I think it's really like why we're born is to become our true selves. It's kind of this never ending dance of forgetting and remembering and forgetting yeah. and remembering, right? It's one of my spiritual teachers calls it the divine peekaboo because we, <laughs> we, sort of, we sort of have like a kick out of coming down and being like, oh my God, I'm amazing and I'm divine and I've got like all of this wisdom and brilliance in me and I'm such a catch, right? And then we forget and we, we mess up or we make mistakes or we choose the wrong partner and it's all good. It's like why I love you so much, Amy, and why we do what we do because we want people to just know how okay they are, right? To give radical permission to just be who you are, where you are, 
okay, so with this choice, you, you chose the guy who brought out that one side of you. Now you know better who you are and, and you got way more self-awareness for the next time. Yes. You're if, right. If you choose, if you choose to learn and grow instead of stay in the same place of like, I need to, you know, have this permanent penance for my actions, you know, like that is choice. It that's- is total choice. I think that's why we talk about freedom so much. Cause yeah. if you want freedom and you continually have to choose it at yes, some point, yes. I say, go have the pity party for sure. Like it feels really good to eat the ice cream and watch the yes. show, drink the wine and be like, Oh my God, it's the worst. I mean, it feels awful. And you got to give yourself that you got to go. What do they say? The only way out is through. Yes. Go into the pain, give yourself that. And then when it's a burden, then when it doesn't feel good anymore and it's not serving you, then you choose. Do I want to grow from this? Do I want to become better? How could I learn from this? Yes, absolutely. Cool. So what's, um, so so what's next? Yeah. You totally tapped on it. It's, it's so when we know these parts, then we can start to understand our needs better. And I think that's a conversation that's just so needed in this day and age, because I have clients come all the time who say like, wait, I get to have needs or wait, my partner could help me with what I need. Like I thought I was supposed to be really independent and not, you know, need anything and be low maintenance and all of that. And that's just, it's the sign of our culture. It's, it's what we respect, you know, that people are, um, more machine-like, you know, right, right. <laughs> go out there and produce and, and be cool and be chill, but it's not honest and it's not real. We're human beings and we have needs. And I think in this moment of releasing guilt, you can go, okay. So for me in that example, the wild child, you know, needed more airtime. Yes. She needed to come out more. She couldn't be like the girl who'd only come out at night, you know? She needed to be integrated in me and I needed to step up to be a more um, complete woman in that way and bring her to work. And that was really cool. I can think of other examples of, you know, like this client of mine who's 29 and was feeling like he was depleted after that relationship where he had given and given and given and decided that all women were work. Well, you know what? What he needed in those six months that we were really putting the pieces back together, he needed to give to himself. He needed to fall back in love with himself. He needed to focus on his business. He needed to restore his reserves. Yes. You know, so that he could give again. And he's doing it now. My God, he's he's launched a business and he's dating and he's wide open again. But he had to do that. So it's it's a good time to really find ways to feed that part of you that was feeding in the relationship in healthy, sustainable ways. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's great. Like I just got I just got this idea like if you weren't so focused on your guilt or for him, if he wasn't so focused on the notion that women are work, then how would he be spending his time? How would he be spending his energy? Where would he be focused? How would it what would it what needs would he cater to? So if you're constantly focused on this piece that you don't enjoy, how the hell are you going to nurture and take care of yourself and fill that reserve? You're right. And I think we always find a way to meet our needs. And when I met him, you know, he's a health guy. He's a personal trainer. So he would had actually gone off the rails and was getting that need met because he said women are work. It really depressed him. 
and he got super lonely and was going out with the guys and drinking himself silly every night. Yep. Because he was kind of like, well, shit, this is, I mean, what do I do now? Right. You know, I clearly am not going to be in love with anyone for quite some time. So, yeah, I think it's about asking the question, how can I get my needs met on a high level? Yes. How could I really satiate the need? Because that's the only way the guilt starts to melt away is, you know, is the wine or is the drinking yourself silly every night really going to meet the need? I mean, it didn't for him because he just woke up with more guilt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you, too. Like, there is definitely a time and a place. I always call it the human hall pass, you know, where (laughs) or when you um, when you really do need to take the low road (laughs) and then the high road's overrated like you. You do need to make the the poor judgments and you drink too much and fuck too many wrong people. And like, you know, but unless it becomes a way of being, it's once it becomes habituated as a new constant, that's when it's a problem. So it's great as a vehicle for purging, for expelling, uh, as a method of healing. But once it becomes the constant, that's when you're in trouble and it's again like you said when it's no longer serving you yeah when it i'm always about like what would be life enhancing yeah you know and if it's life enhancing to do that for a while it is i mean man you know how you are like when you're in the thick of something and somebody comes in all silver lining and like well at least you've got your health and you're you know they want to coach you and you're like like, fuck off you in the face (laughs) It's, it's really about like knowing when you're ready to make the choice for freedom Yes. You know, it may feel freeing to drink like mad and be in that period for a time. So you do that. It does. It does feel life enhancing. Yeah. Only you get to choose when. Yes. And it's all internal. It's all 100 percent internal. But I parallel it a lot to being um, for somebody who's maybe in the hospital or they've just had this severe accident where you are just in the throes of physical pain. In that moment, it doesn't matter what the fuck you do. You are like, I just need to arrest this somehow. I need to stop this pain somehow. Like, and it's dire and it's um, raw and you're just trying to do anything just to not feel it. And that's exactly what happens to our emotional pain. When it is that potent and that raw and that uh, new Sometimes it's like, okay, what can just curb this a little bit? It's like the morphine drip. It's, you know, instead it's fucking whiskey or whatever. You know what I mean? Like whatever your vice is. But there becomes a point when you're not hurting that bad for the the, uh, morphine drip. When it's it's not that bad anymore, but now you're making it a habit. That's the problem, you know, that happens. Right, right. Where you, yeah, you think there's no way out, which is one of the things we talked about before. People get hopeless. Yes. You know, and I, I'm not a fan of that. I think that, you know, there's this formula for happiness that I learned along the way that it's when your blueprint, your expectations for life equal your life conditions. So it's like what I expected life to be like is actually happening. Mm -hmm. And when that lines up, that's awesome. But when it doesn't, you're unhappy. You're like, gosh, I'm, you know, supposed to be in love. You know, I was married to this guy. I chose him for my whole life and I'm not anymore. And so they don't line up and you've got a problem, but where people make it worse is they think they're powerless to change it. 
they think they're a victim to it. Like, oh, well, they're the kids, right? And I can't divorce them because I've got kids. Well, no, because when you feel like you're imprisoned or powerless, that creates suffering. Yes. And that doesn't serve children. No. And I'll tell you a really good example of this. When I was, I was married 10 years and um, I never wanted to be divorced. I was a kid of divorce and I was like, I'll never be divorced. I'll never put my kids through that. And there came a very real point where I had realized my, my husband and I had said in our vows, I will become the person I'm meant to become because of you. We vowed that to each other. And there was a point when I realized, dang, we did it. Like we, we overachieved, (laughs) you know, and I thought it was going to take us a lifetime, but we really, we got to a point where we realized we were better as friends than we were together. And I was in that dilemma probably that our listener was of like, oh my God, but I've got the kids and I don't want a broken family. Yeah. I will not have a broken family. So I could have stayed in that and I could have said, well, suck it up lady for the rest of your life. Or I could have said, what if there's no such thing as a broken family? Yes. What if I could create the best divorce ever? Yes. And what if I could teach people about that? Because that would be radical. Yes. Right? And, and we did that. We're best friends. We are amazing. You know, so I'm just saying, like, I don't totally buy that we're ever completely powerless. Right. And, it, it, and what I think people don't realize, too, is is there's a cost at with every choice. So in your situation, if you would have acquiesced and stayed mm-hmm. and given in to this and okay, if for the for the good of my kids or the notion of what society says about this, you know, you don't want to break this up. Um at what cost? Yeah. At what cost? Yeah. You know, and so and that's a very real choice for everybody's each individual situation, you know. Um, very much so. I'm a huge fan. I'm actually a divorce prevention expert. So as much as I help people have great divorces, I'm all about keeping a marriage together. If if we can have this self awareness and get needs met, and there's a lot of tweaking and amazing, beautiful things that you can do to up level a marriage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a lack of skills that a lot of people have, right? I mean, you talked about it. There's stuff that we should have learned in school. Right. Save us so much suffering. But then you and I wouldn't have any anything to do all day, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> be in theater on the stage, you'd be fun. I'd be dancing and taking photos. It would all be good. <laughs> oh, God. We'd be just forced to be famous. How horrible. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. How about the next step? Yes. yes. The next one. All right. The next one would be really recognizing the purpose of guilt in the first place. Like this is a feelings conversation because I think we all have a path to walk in this life and that feelings are like our best friends on the path. So you can picture yourself walking down the road of your life and you've got a posse. And one of them's named anger and one of them's named sadness and one of them's named guilt and one of them's named happiness. They're all those feelings that are the trouble is if we don't know how to work with our feelings, if we don't have emotional mastery, it can really run our lives. I mean, this is something I look at in relationships all the time with people is first, how are you dealing with your feelings? Because that will derail a relationship faster than anything. Yes. And so relationship with self too. If you're overwhelmed and subsumed by guilt, 
you know, runs your life. Like I said in the beginning, it affects everything. It has a ripple effect. So I say spend some time hanging out with guilt and, and listen to it. What is the guilt's message? Usually the guilt shows up in us. And I, I like to have fun with visualizing it. Like I think guilt's this little tiny person, you know, <laughs> that wants to make you feel small too. And, you know, makes you feel really bad and wrong. And I think there are two reasons that guilt shows up and it's different for everybody. There's, you know, you got to listen to your own feelings and see what the message is. But I think that guilt shows up first off to tell us something's wrong. You know, it holds a little red flag, like something's hurting. Let's pay attention to that. It wants to protect you. And then there's another reason too. I think we kind of, like you said, when we replay and we rehash, we, we guilt tries to give us a false sense of control. Like at least I'm doing something about it, right? Yes. yes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Which, which it's, you know, if you really look into it and you talk to the guilt, it's like, are we really controlling this thing? Like, is it making mm -hmm. us get further along? Not really. Right. I, I wouldn't say it's our most intelligent emotion. Right. But I, you're, but you're so right. Like if you don't dissect it, if you don't look deeper into it, you feel like that's your only option. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I like to say I double click on the emotion. Like I'll listen to it. I'll <laughs> hear that it says there's something's wrong. It needs to stop. You know, let's all take a pause and then go down underneath it. Double click down and be like, what's really the thing that I'm feeling, because I feel like guilt is a little bit of a mask, like it stands in front of some of the other feelings. So you don't have to feel the real feeling, which is love or anger or sadness, you know, something that's really raw that hurts maybe even more than the guilt. Yeah. Like, I really love that guy. And I want I wish so badly that we could have worked out. Right. You know, like that just makes you want to cry. That's like the real deal there. Mm -hmm. And I think when you get in touch with those feelings, they melt away. Mm -hmm. they, they come along, they raise their hand like, hey, 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 I have something to say. And you, if you listen to them and, you know, maybe do what they say or get what they need, they can go away. They don't have to parade around anymore. Wow. So that's one. And then there are a couple more. I know we're going to have to wrap up soon. So the, the next one is to really get clear about what you want. You know, what do you want to call in now in the next relationship? Yeah. Just what do you desire? Because we're so often about like, okay, well, here's what I don't want. You know, I'm not going to be with that person or th anybody who has that quality ever again. It's like, no, let's come back to the list. What, what would really, really be essential for you? What would be the minimum requirement? The something that you're just not going to tolerate anymore? Because usually we, we have the guilt about the bad relationship or the, the wrong relationship for us because we tolerated something for too long. You know, we, we adapted to something. We put up with something for longer than we know we should have. Right. And I think it's really cool to just say, okay, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and say, these are the things that I really have to have that I want to give myself in the next relationship. And, and these are the things that I just flat out, they're going to be deal breakers. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm going to have like my glasses on. I'm going to see all the good and all the warning signals. And I'm just going to go like, does that? Will that serve me and the other person? Like also it's all about figuring out what you're going to provide too and what you're willing to give and what you're not. And, and it's, 
about kind of designing what the next chapter is going to look like. Cause man, then you can get excited. You know, then it's like, all right. So I, I was able to heal from that one and now start to look forward to something new. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And th- there was something I was going to say about that. What was, oh yeah. Again, it's like, if you weren't so consumed with your fear, if you weren't so consumed with your guilt, what desire might you be enraptured by? You know, cause if you're currently allowing all the focus to be on the past, all the focus on the re- the mess, you know, the, the should have, would have, could have, the God, I still really care about him or, uh, you know, all that. Yeah. What would shift if you actually went to what you want, your actual desire? Like you said, what, what do you want? What yeah. would be the pretty picture? What would be the, the, the painting you would want to create? Yeah. And, you know, the creativity that flows from that is astounding. I have yet to see it not work because I have another client who's um, just come through a divorce. She's got kids and, you know, her blueprint was she's going to be married forever. She loved that job. She was like, I'm going to be the wife and the mom. I'm so happy. And, but the minute the, the blaming and the sort of churning around how this happened to me stopped, she's building a whole new business. She's getting back into something that she had completely given up on uh, a creative design business that's gonna fill her and make the world a beautiful place it's it's amazing what starts to flow when you ask that question yeah yeah and then on that note the last the last step is really asking yourself new questions so i like to think of going into the new relationship not being all on guard about is this person on the list? Are they going to do these things? Do they have the traits that I need or want? I mean, that's valid. But what is almost paramount to that is asking yourself questions like, how do I feel when I'm with this new person? Do I breathe better? Am I my natural self? You know, do I like this person? Do I like maybe even more than do I like this person? Do I like myself when I'm with this person, like there's a thing called resonance that I would just look out for in the future that'll have you choose better relationships, right? That if you just resonate with somebody, you feel like, oh man, there's no game playing. Like I'm just totally myself. I feel respected and beautiful and honored. And so it's really about turning the lens or the mirror back on yourself and saying, does this person bring out the best in me? Like who's showing up? Right. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good, Sheree. That's awesome. That that's really, really rich. And so I I really want to encourage you guys, like, oh, this shit is free. Okay. This is downloadable. <laughs> You can listen to it over and over again. Take some fucking notes because if you just listen and you go, hmm, yeah, I bet that would work. And then you do nothing with it. That's on you, dude. So if you want something different, create it. If you want to heal, then do it. Don't just wait for some sort of like magical lightning bolt to change it. Do the work. You know, like you and I, there's something that you have said to me and I don't know if it came from one of your teachers, but I use it all the time. And I, I always give you credit where you said, our journey has to be harder because we're the teachers. Mm. So we're not talking to you from a place of shitting glitter all the time. We're talking to you from a place of scathed, 
pasts and relationships and and being on the floor drop to our knees and we're not in this place of empowerment because we just fell into it it's a it's and i think you you even way more so than i have done so much work and chose healing mm, just yeah. chose it yeah so you know I just had a couple of things that I wanted to add as tandem and and one one is simply that that it's a make a choice decide that the past is a is the past and that for many of us we really did the best we could with the knowledge we had at the time and the self-awareness we had at the time like you and I were saying like if if at the time you really felt convicted that stability was the most important thing or that being, you know, honoring your wild child and being, you know, swept off your feet and having crazy, you know, animalistic sex and it was like nothing. And, oh my gosh, at that time, it fed you. There was something there for you. Yeah. All right. So compassion, let some compassion in. Um, another huge thing that I think helps really relinquish guilt is to look at is there any is there any mess I do need to clean up? Is there anything that I still am encouraging, allowing, um, fostering that isn't in alignment with the human that I want to be at this point? Because that's shit to clean up. Yeah. If you aren't proud of the way that you are conversing with your ex, if you aren't proud of how you speak to your children about them, that's a mess for you to clean up. That's about you. That's about your integrity. So what would it take for you to be proud of the X that you are? Like, what is that going to take? I like that. And then finally, this is, this is actually one of my favorites, really, in, in dealing with any type of guilt, not even just in relationships. But I think particularly when it's a real sticky situation with children um, and there's this kind of collateral damage, we look so much at the impact you know, we look at what happened, how the, the kids are affected, how our ex is affected. Perhaps they didn't want to be separated or whatnot. Get attached to your intention, okay? So if your intention is like yours, like what you've explained, your intention was never, I'm going to marry this man and I'm going to divorce him and I'm going to have a broken family and it's going to cause all this hurt. Like you never, that, that wasn't your choice, mm. you know? So there is something massive to be said about your intention. Yeah. What, what were you headed off to? Um, because a lot of times we look at just the scenario and what happened and we go, look at what I did instead of looking at like, well, look at where my heart was. And then there's, there's room for compassion there too, because let's say in the past you were vindictive, you were manipulative, you know, and that was your intention. So now it might be the time to go, okay, I didn't know any better because you don't act vindictively, manip manipulatively, uh, maliciously without being radically hurt, without having something that scathed you. So look back at that. You know, what were you acting out? because of you know what what type of person were you at that time and because of what like can you give some compassion to that and that's why I really love your point about getting in touch with the element of you that was needy at the time mm -hmm. because our behaviors will follow suit 
we need something, we will do things to get things, right? We'll always get our needs met. It's just a matter of at what level, a high level or a low level. Yeah. Healthy, unhealthy, powerful, disempowered, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Congratulations. You are a survivalist. You (laughs) You know what I mean? You're a fucking human. You took care of yourself. Now what? Now what? Do you want to reach the end of your life and go, yeah, I'm so glad I made myself pay for that stupid ass mistake for my entire life. I'm so glad I never let love in. I'm so glad I never regrouped and decided to create something new. No, you're, you have the choice. You don't need us to tell you that. So, um, God, I got all worked up. <laughs> I know, right? It's the best. Amy takes her clothes off when she coaches. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. Like, I'm, I get so hot and so sweat. Oh, my gosh, Sheree, I have to tell you. Um, so I haven't actually talked about this a lot on the pod, but I'm, I'm working on a really, really intense production right now, a really intense theater show where I sweat like crazy and I'm in I've been rehearsing in workout clothes because I actually have to be in a wedding dress I have like a simulated sex scene I am in, in water I'm having fight scenes like it, people are repelling from the ceiling it's nuts Whoa. so the other day at rehearsal I got so sweaty I looked like I pissed my pants like it was so embarrassing I was like well I guess I got a bunch of crotch sweat, everyone. Sorry about that. Like, of course I call it out because. Because <laughs> you gotta. Yeah, I was like, this would all be so much easier if you'd let me just run around naked. It'd be so much easier for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I know. Sheree and I always laugh about how in the cards at some point, I'm sure we are going to share the stage together and how I'll need like a little dressing room on the side so that I can actually deliver my message as passionately as I like to and just strip while I do it. Totally will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, this has been just incredible. And I always learn so much when I'm around you. And so I, I can't thank you enough. And I would love for them to become equally as obsessed with you as I am. So tell them where to find you. Oh, honey, I would love that. I mean, I think we should do this more often. Yes. Um, I am at ShereeHealy.com. It's spelled C-H-E-R-I-E-H-E-A-L-E-Y. And um, on Facebook, too, I also have the One Woman Effect, which is a great program that teaches women the principles of alignment. I I like to say it's kind of like having a chiropractor for your insides or a yoga class for your insides. It's the formula to know how to stay tapped in and turned on for good. And so that's a great place to come um, on Facebook. And the One Man Effect is coming soon. So that'll be uh, really great because it's not just women, man. We, you know, the men that I work with are the most beautiful souls. And um, they're going through a massive shift right now that is just such an honor to witness. So, um, yeah, I'm here if anybody wants to continue the conversation. (laughs) Yes, Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And 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 you should be able to see... Uh, all of Sheree's information in the show notes for this episode. So uh, you can easily navigate to her corner of the web and hang out with her and experience her brilliance. And um, yeah, just thank you so much. I just. And let's give them one more thing. Yeah. I just wrap it up with one thought too, that the best 
thing for me and for any of my clients that I think you can do to really move forward after a tough relationship is to choose the meaning. And you tapped on that at yeah, the end yeah. there, Aim. Like, what does it mean? Does it mean that you wasted 10 years? Does it mean that you wasted your time or that, you know, you were a dummy for choosing that person? That's all up to you. And I think when you can really dive into it and understand what that person and what the relationship gave you, what was the biggest gift? Yeah. It, the whole guilt thing will literally transform into gratitude. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is – I always say, like, look at – what was my lesson versus why did I have to go through this? Because yeah. if you get stuck in the why, man, you'll be there forever. And you have to ask for the learning. Like, what was the purpose? You yeah. know? And it goes back to your intention. Like, it's my intention to be on this planet to love madly and to live passionately. And that means I'm going to get hurt, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> gonna, it's going to be messy. And I want that. And so if that's true, then I go back and I look at these relationships and each one of them made me a better woman and I have clients write thank you notes to their exes mm, that's great yeah so I I am sure that no matter how hard the relationship was no matter what kind of abuse went down or whatever you had to endure that underneath there something is there to be thankful for and that there's a good meaning that you can take with you for the rest of your life absolutely yes absolutely Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. So, everybody, you've got quite quite the fodder <laughs> to use uh, to help you with this. So, um, if you haven't done so already, please swing by thejoyjunkie.com. Grab your free Life and Love digital kit. Check out the podcast page. Let us hear from you. We always, always are listening. Obviously, this whole episode came from a listener uh, suggestion. So, until next week, everyone, here is to loving and living your most badass life. Amy and Cherie signing out. Mm -hmm.